0: Well, I'm excited to be with you this morning, and we're going to, uh, go to uh, move into our second message in our family series, our uh, home design, we call it, and today we're going to talk about parenting with faith, and when we talk about parenting in the church, we generally talk about habits of the home, um, which are very important, but, but the grounding of those action isn't just knowledge, but who do you trust to give you the knowledge? That's... What we mean by faith, that's called faith. Who do you have faith in? Who do you you trust to give you accurate knowledge for your parenting, for the habits of the home? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, which is our text today, says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. After he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, that... um, the, the, that's, in, that's in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, what's really interesting about Hebrews chapter 11 is Hebrews chapter 11 is full of these incredible heroics. People who, were, people who faced lo, the lion's den, people who parted the Red Sea, uh, all kinds of people that, who raised the dead, the people who were martyred for their faith. That's what the, Hebrews chapter 11 is, the hall of, hall of fame for faith. And right in of all those incredible things is parenting. A couple that parented their child in a way that, that exuded faith. So by faith, I'm not talking about merely choosing a religion. I'm talking about choosing to trust God and then act like you trust God in your family. Uh, so I want to, want to put, want, I want to make the point today that God is inviting parents and families into the realm of the impossible. And the key to the door of the realm of the impossible is faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. Sherry, come on up here. And uh, uh, I'm going to, uh, I don't know anybody that I respect. There is no one I respect anymore in terms, uh, in many ways, but especially in overall, but especially in terms of parenting. And uh, I think Sherry has a lot of strengths as a parent. And uh, you look at uh, the attributes of my children, And just give her like 80% of the credit. Give me like 20%. (laughs) She's mostly responsible for how amazing they are. And um, so, but I think Sherry's uh, perhaps greatest quality, maybe in life in general, but certainly as a parent, is faith. Faith, confidence is a bunch of synonyms. Courage, grit, that they all mean faith. So Sherry, uh, I want to ask you Uh, How big of a factor did you see faith in your role as a mom and a parent?
1: Well, I mean, I was raised by people who had faith, so I had an example. And the biggest thing that happened in my house was storytelling. And if you ever read the scripture, which is important if you're a person who has... um, constructed your home as a place where faith matters because really it's not about what you believe. It's about what the scripture teaches. The scripture talks about telling your children, telling the next generation the things that the Lord has done. And so my whole life I listened to stories, amazing stories, where my mom and dad cried out to God and God heard them. I actually... I actually experienced a healing as a child, Um, burned my arm very bad. My dad called the elders of the church. They prayed for me. The next morning, my arm was brand new skin. So faith for me was a critical part um, of raising my kids. Storytelling, I want my children to be able to tell their children of the good things of the Lord. So that's what faith... Uh, meant for me, and I have to be invested in a spiritual realm to do that.
0: Sherry, what are some of the errors that you believe parents make when they let fear instead of faith guide their parenting decisions?
1: So, over the years, I've listened (laughs) to so many parents share their fears with me. Uh, The number one fear that parents share is that they themselves are imperfect humans. How can they tell their children how to live or what to do? And I'm so imperfect that I didn't care. (laughs) It never bothered me that, you know, I know I'm bad at a lot of things, and so the secret of my success is that I'm very unsuccessful at a lot of things, and I don't care. (laughs) And so I think, parents get very confused that you are not passing you on to your children. (laughs) You are passing on faith in the most holy redeemer of the universe who can solve anything for them. And so the fear of your own imperfection or all the dumb stuff you did when you were a teenager You know, I don't care. If I did it stupid, I'm definitely not going to let you do it stupid if I'm in charge of it. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's a fear parents have. And another fear that parents have is that you're dictating to your children a belief system. And I want to say this to you. You do it every day. Every day you dictate to your children the cultural belief system that you live in. You send your kids to school, you make them wear clothes. I mean, what if our culture didn't believe in clothes? You probably wouldn't make them wear clothes. In our culture, we're like, everybody should have some clothes on. So we, we get our kids clothes. <laughs> and, and we have all these things that we're like 100% comfortable dictating to our kids. They're all worldly. They're all just the culture of the world. Dictating a godly culture is your job if you are a Christian parent. And so that means you cannot have fear about fighting the culture that wants to rob your children. If you, if you um, spend any time with me as a mom, or if you come to me, and I don't come to you, but if you ever come to me and say, Sherry... Tell me how to be a good parent. I'm going to start by saying, don't hand your children to the world. Don't deliver them on a silver platter. Here's my kids. I'm going to pay $39.49 a month for you you to have my kid via the cell phone. You guys are dumb when you do that.
0: Amen. Amen. (laughs) So, um, uh, how does it make you feel and how rewarding is it when you see our children passing faith? And like we said in the beginning, faith is not, I think I said it, I meant to say it, that faith is not just a choice of religion. Some, for some of people, if I say, give faith to your children, oh, I took my children to church and I gave them faith. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about venturing into the realm of the impossible. We're talking about believing that God will transform their lives and we're talking, about, we're talking about teaching them to believe in answered prayer. And we're talking about something that in, in current culture is radical. Right? And um, uh, so, Sherry, uh, answer that question for me. How rewarding is it when you see our children passing on this faith that we're talking about onto their children?
1: So the most important thing I want to say about this is that Phil and I have so many failures and faults, and our kids know all of them.
0: I have failures involved.
1: That's true.
0: <laughs> we have a very strange and wonderful relationship. I'm strange and she's wonderful.
1: You guys, that was so cheesy. Don't encourage that. Um, you know, our kids, our kids know that we fall short of the glory of God. That we are sinners. And that we struggle with natural inclinations that are not pleasing to God. And they have lived in our house with that. Just like your kids live in your house. With your weaknesses and failures. And I remember when I had Jason... I wanted a baby so bad. We had a lot of miscarriages and a lot of struggle with with that. My sisters would have babies, and I just would sit there and kind of question God why he had not chosen to give us a baby. So when Jay was born, I was so in awe that God would choose me to be a parent. But I remember... Realizing how important it was that this was the beginning of the next. That this was going to be the next line. Whatever I did was going to matter for a long time. So when I walk in the door and I see my three Marais grandchildren in this building... And I listen to their conversation, and I can tell Christy is speaking to them the truth of the word of God and the standard in their house. Their dad, my daughter, chose a man who loves and honors God's word. And so those kids know that's the standard in the house. And Aaliyah will say to me, "Uh, I don't know if their friends. My friend's parents are crazy or what, but that would never happen in my house. My mom would just say, uh-uh, nope, not going to happen. You know, my, my children, somewhere along the line in the imperfection of the McCutcheon house, they got to fall in love with the true living Savior, and they have chosen that for their kids. And let me tell you something, that is the only thing that is ever going to matter, and if you think your job matters, it doesn't. If you think Any of this matters. If you serve the Lord and you are consumed with anything but raising godly kids, I am telling you something. What you're doing is sowing to something that is not going to be forever. That is going to be dust.
0: Amen. Amen. That's that's great. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Let's give her a hand. Yeah, I, I brighten my my now teenage grandson, which sounds weird for me, <laughs> but uh, t- met me in the gym the day after the sermon. He tells me that was a great sermon, Pop, and, and that I appreciate, but then he starts to tell me exactly what he heard. He, he liked had three points that he heard that he, he was impressed with, and boy, that's, that's priceless. That's priceless. And I hope all of you have that, get to have that in some way. Uh, so let, let's, let's go back to the story of um, Moses. And his, his mother was named Jochebed. His father was named Amram. And he had an older brother uh, named Aaron and an older sister named Miriam. Exodus chapter 2 verse 1. And about this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. They were in Egypt. They had now become, they had now become a slave culture under a despotic dictatorial pharaoh. The woman became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. If you don't think your kids are special, then you need to get that corrected right now. They're special. So I'm going to use this story of Moses and the faith of his dad Amram and his mother Jochebed to make their family, how they, their faith made their family great and realize the purpose of God. I want to use them as... As a, as a paradigm this morning. Now let me be clear. Historically and presently, we have many examples of great people and great Christians coming out of families that are absolutely, horrendously dysfunctional in every way. And some of you are in this room, however, by the way. However, the odds are stacked against a good product coming from a bad process. You know that. And I'm here to tell you that great families and great children come from great faith. Uh, besides, who wants to live in a negative and miserable environment when you have a choice? <laughs> so, so, having great faith is not just about the discipline side, which we allude to a lot, but it's also about having a home that's full of positivity and a home that's full of, not a home that's full of negativism. And, 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 and a home that's it's also about a home that's full of joy and a home that has more peace than not peace. Not that it could always be peace. But let's talk about this, and let's talk about, some, let's talk about some principles that we learned from Jochebed and Amram in the birth of Moses that we can learn and we can take from here today. First of all, parenting with faith is, first of all, best for the parent. We're talking about what will keep you in a good place mentally and emotionally and spiritually. You know what they are. I just, I just was in Virginia Beach for a couple of days at a pastors' conference, so I once again I heard the, I heard the the speech about putting on, if in case the cabin loses pressure, put the oxygen mask on your own mouth and nose before you assist anyone else. So the Bible teaches that first of all, having faith is going to be good for you as a parent. It's going to be good for you if you begin to put your trust in God, if you begin to believe in God. In fact, Jeremiah 32, 39 is a great verse that says, I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good. Underscore that. Circle that. For their own good and the good of their children after them. Listen, what I'm preaching to you today and what we're trying to tell you in this series, Mom and Dad or mom, if you're a single mom, dad, if you're a single dad, it's going to be good for you. You're going to have better mental health. You're going to have more peace. You're going to have more joy. You're going to have more freedom. And you're going to have more fun if you have a lot of faith and not a lot of fear, Amen. Now look. Now think about this, though. Think about the context of Exodus 2. Uh, there's a lot of fear right now, by the way, and I'm going to allude to that a little bit later if I get around to it. There's a lot of fear in the world right now. A lot of fear among Christians. A lot of fear in churches. Uh, but if you think about, and this never dawned on me before till I was studying this, this text this week, and it, that in in, in in Exodus chapter 2, when when Amram and Jochebed are faced with this challenge. Now here's the challenge. I think I forgot to tell you this part of the story. And that is the fact that Pharaoh had become very paranoid because the nation of Israel was growing. And he became very, very paranoid. And he needed to eliminate the population of Israel so they didn't grow up and overpower the Egyptians. So he, he gave the command that every baby boy up to two years of age was to be put to death. So they were putting to death these baby boys right and left. So in this context, Moses is born. And, um, and we're going to see in a minute. They, they hid him for three months. They hid him for three months and, and didn't let anyone know. Now, here's the deal about their faith. And here's what's challenging about their faith. They never saw. They had not seen the ten miracles. The ten miracles that God was going to do to Pharaoh and the ten things that he was going to slap Pharaoh upside the head and let him know he better let God's people go so they could go live in the land that God had promised them. They had never seen the Red Sea get parted. They would never seen Moses raise the staff and part the Red Sea. They would never seen water spring from a rock. To, to give enough hydration for two million people. They had never seen a time when there was no food and manna came down from heaven, enough manna to feed two million people for however long it took. They had never seen a group of people spend 40 years in a wilderness and their shoes not wear out. They never saw any of that. But yet, they believed God. I'm telling you, let, let, let me tell you, Amram and Jacobab weren't just cultural believers. The Jewish faith they actually trusted God had not, had not yet seen. They had not yet, 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 not yet seen the demonstrated power, but somehow, some way this beautiful young, cable, young couple were able to look past their circumstances and know that their God was capable of all those miracles that I just recounted, though they had never seen them. The scripture says, "And they were not afraid of the king's edict. And they were not afraid of the King's Edict. See, faith is knowing God can do what you've never seen Him do. Yet. We're hearing the word unprecedented a lot these days. I want you to know, God is able to do what you've never seen Him do. Yet. Everything's going to be okay. Faith is knowing God can do what you've never seen Him do yet. Authentic faith, faith works for the unknown, the unpredictable, and the unprecedented. Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter in the Bible, and what every faith hero have in common, is that they all faced unprecedented crises. And they all needed to see God do for them what he, they had not seen Him do for anyone else. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, he couldn't open his book and see a story of a guy who was thrown into a lion's den. He had never heard of anybody being thrown into a lion's den. But yet God saved him from what he had never known of experienced by anyone else before. So, so brothers and sisters, stop being afraid. Faith has to work in your heart before it can work in your environment. Faith is what will keep you when the world around you is going crazy. Faith can be summarized in two words. Fear not. I'm unsure of a lot of things. I don't know whether you should get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. But I know you're to fear not. I'm not sure whether you're to wear a mask or not wear a mask, but I know you're to fear not. I'm not sure whether you're to study and get all familiar with a Great Global Reset or not, but I know you should fear not. I don't know if you should try to understand critical theory and critical race theory or not try to understand it, but I know you should fear not. I don't know if you should learn about the Antichrist and be concerned about the Antichrist or not be concerned about the Antichrist, but I know you should fear not. I don't know if you should get all worried about the last days and that these are the last days of the last days. I don't know how much you should get into that. Because it depends on your personality. But I know one thing. You should fear not. I know that that's the theme throughout the scripture. And that should be the theme in your home. I, I don't know what you should do about your child schooling. It's great. I know that a lot of you are really concerned. And it's great if you can bring your child to a Christian private school like we have here. It's great if you can homeschool. Some of you do not have those options. You cannot afford a private school, Christian school, and you cannot. You have to work two jobs. You're a single mom. You have to work two jobs, and so you have to send your kid to a public school. I'm going to tell you, I don't know the answer for you, but I know one answer. Fear not. Pray like crazy, and fear not, and act in faith. And act in faith and preach in faith and discipline in faith and put the boundaries in faith. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories in a moment if I, can, if I have the time. The Bible says, fear not, Isaiah 43:10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Let's adjust our parenting right now by agreeing to stop being afraid. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I be afraid? Some of you are afraid of your children. Every time they're unhappy, you're afraid. You're quite sure if you don't please them, they will put you in a nursing home at the first opportunity and not come and visit Or if they are unhappy, they will be emotionally scarred. I'm telling you, if they're never unhappy, they're not only emotionally scarred, but they're emotionally scarring a lot of people. (laughs) If they're unhappy, you think it's always your fault. I failed. Well, then God's the biggest failure in the universe. Because I'm unhappy quite often. Parenting with faith is second of all best for your kids. Parent Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children have a refuge. A kid craves a secure parent. There's no parent more secure than the one who's put their faith in an almighty God and a saving Jesus. None. Dr. T. Manton said, Faith in God inspired human ingenuity and courage. Their ingenuity, for three months, they successfully concealed their beloved babe, Moses. They managed to hide the infant from the Egyptian's eyes and to prevent his cries from reaching Egyptian ears. They skillfully constructed the ark. We're going to read about that in a minute and judici- judiciously selected a refuge for it. They did these things by faith. Faith stimulates ingenuity. I love that. I, I hope you'll, you'll write that down, because I know you don't, probably don't, can't unpack it right now. But just write that down. Faith stimulates ingenuity and creativity. It quickens the inventive faculties. And when, as in the case before us, love is engaged as well as faith and the object of affection is in danger, then the inventive faculties are stirred to their highest and utmost exercise. Great inventions and discoveries are impossible apart from great faith. I love the story of Ben Carson's mom. I don't know if you ever read that story. Have you read this story? How many of you read the story of Ben Carson's mom? Ben Carson, in fact, they lived in Boston at one time, and his dad was a philandering preacher who left the, abandoned the family eventually. So it was, da- it was Ben, his brother, and his mom, and they eventually moved to Detroit. And, and, and she, of course, put her kids in school, and Ben was at the bottom of his class. Caused trouble, made trouble, was totally failing. And his mother who was working, I believe, two jobs to support them. And she set the boys down and told them, no more television, we're going to stop watching TV and you're going to read books. And you're going to give me a written book report every week of the books that you read. What they didn't know is that she couldn't read. They did not know that she could not read. She fooled them and let them think she could read and she would take their weekly book reports and she would make marks over them all over it as though she could read. And you know the rest of the story. He shot to the top of his class, became a very famous pediatric neurosurgeon at Johns Hopkins Hospital and eventually was uh, in charge of housing and urban development in our government. I'm telling you, that's faith. (laughs) That's faith, man. That's courage. That's grit. All the synonyms you want to put with it. I am so sure that God will do that for you within your context. You probably don't have that exact context. But whatever your context is, God will show you how to act in faith and not... Patrick Morley the great men's leader writes when our children were barely out of diapers my wife and I attended a parenting seminar where counselor and author Larry Crabb was a speaker he offered a simple practical formula for correcting folly yes I love you and no you can't have your (laughs) way that's faith that takes faith and boy I'm telling you I know I know I've raised three kids and I know that boy when, when 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 they're challenging you, and, and even when they're really young, I mean, uh, I, my gut would just do that. I, I want to like everything, just just give them their way. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, No, you don't dare. You be, you, you you take a stand when you need to, and um and and you know I I thank God my children are just amazing and awesome and I, well I love them so much, and they're good people. So let's, let's go to the next one. Parenting with faith is third of all the way to extend your influence beyond your control. There's two extremes in parenting that are dysfunctional. One, you don't try to control what you should try to control. <laughs> Number two, you try to control everything. Look at Exodus 2.2. We're going to see Jacobed. And Amram, Jochebed's kind of taking the lead here. You know, people think the Bible is some anti-feminist document. It's just, you're not reading the Bible. You're not reading it if you think that. You see all kinds of examples where moms and mothers and women were leaders and were, 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 were absolutely kicking the devil in the teeth where their, where their lives were concerned. Here it is. But when, when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. See, faith is work. Faith is not passive. Faith is not, oh, I just pray for my children. I just ask God. No, no, faith is work. That's how this school got started. Mrs. Sherry back there said, I don't like what I see. If the options for my kids, we're going to start a school. Faith is work. So she got a basket made of pepper reed and waterproofed it with tar and pitch, and she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds alone. Don't do this, by the way. <laughs> Some of you are, oh man, that kid. I haven't slept in three days. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go put him in the Charles River. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> The baby sister then stood at a distance. See, boy, she thought of everything. I'm going to do everything in my power to control. And I'm going to put in God's hands what I can't control. Boy, isn't that beautiful? The baby sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants. See, here's what, here's what God, when you start acting in faith and you do what you can do, God starts doing what he can do. It's pretty cool, man. You, you, I used to preach a sermon called "Take Remove the Stone. When, they moved, when, when, God went to, when Jesus went to Lazarus' uh, uh, tomb and, and, and was there to raise him from the dead, he said, take you away the stone. And, and I always said, if you take away the stone, God will take care of the corpse. I mean, that's the way it works. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and the tenants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw that the basket among the reeds, she sent her maids to get her When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied, so the girl went. This is is powerful. The girl went and called the baby's mother. You think God won't come through for you? If you will do what you can do, take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother, and I will pay you for the help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him later when the boy was older. His mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her son. The princess named him Moses for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. She should have named him God lifted him out of the water. Now putting a three-month... Oh, in a basket in the river is definitely extreme. But every parent has to let go at some point. Every parent has a, A, let their child have some exposure to the world, or B, cooperate with another authority that God will use in your child's life. I mean, some of you bring your child to BCA, and you can't let go enough to let God use the staff here to help disciple your child. And help disciple you and how to parent your child. I'm telling you, I've watched it for years, and I and I it it always worries me when somebody comes to brings their child to the school and comes to the church, because I know uh, ultimately there's going to be probably with most children there's going to be a confrontation. And if you go, well, what do you dare telling me? You know, what? Well, When Elise was, I hope Elise doesn't mind me. Where is Elise? Is she here in the room? Oh, good. She's not here. I can say anything I want. (laughs) Elise was in the fifth grade, and we had a tough year in the fifth grade. Elise has been an amazing, wonderful, easy child. But fifth grade, she wasn't easy. Fifth grade. And I don't know what was going on. Some of it was our, Sherry told you all that we're dysfunctional too, so we couldn't get her to school on time. We could not get her to school on time, and there were a few other things going on. I remember—I don't know if Nancy, is Nancy Butler here. Is Nancy? You're here. You remember that confrontation, Nancy? Yeah. We got called on the carpet. Me and Sherry got called on the carpet. And were we humble? We, I thought I was humble. Well, I was humble. Okay, good. Was Sherry humble? Was Sherry humble too? <laughs> no i re- really i remember we're just like man we're going to try to do better listen god's going to bring people into your life We're going to help you god that's what a church is for that's what a church is for A church is not where you go hide the fact that your child has a problem no church is a place where you go, hey, pray for me, everybody. My child has a problem. Pray for us. We don't know what to do. That's what a church is for. Amen. That's what a church is for. That, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a part of putting your child in the river. It's trusting somebody else, too. Not just trusting yourself, but trusting some, that God can work through some other people once in a while. Can somebody say Amen. What a lesson in exactly how to parent by faith in this story. Jochebed and Amram did as much as they could for as long as they could. A faith-focused parent is never completely hands-off, but they know when to loosen their grip. When that child goes to college, you've got to loosen your grip. If you haven't done your job by that point, you can't make up for what you didn't do. For all those years, you can pray hard though, and you should, and stay in touch, and keep a grip, but just don't, it can't be too tight. When you can still work, God will work with you to accomplish his purpose. But when you can work no longer, he will work for you to accomplish his purpose. <clears throat> we don't know at what age Jacobed was delivered Moses to Pharaoh's daughter, but because of it, this lovely couple produced two other Jewish national leaders... In Miriam and Aaron, you can read it in the Bible for yourself. And because of the way they handled everything that confronted them, there's no doubt that little Mo got a crash course in uh, Abrahamic history, prophetic information about the nation of Israel, and theological ev- education to the God of Israel. But most importantly, faith in God was in Jacobed and Amram's genetic code. We can say what we believe, but we reproduce what we are. The most important thing, mom and dad, is for you to become a person of faith. That's the most important. So where do you start being a person, a parent who parents with faith? Well, Moses' parents started with claiming Abraham is their father. You start with claiming God is your father through Jesus Christ. And I believe there's someone here today who hasn't done that, and I want to invite you right now to take the first step in being a person of faith, and a parent of faith. Now maybe you're not even married yet, and all that, but someday you will be. And remember, uh, remember what I said about the stewardess on the airplane put the mask over your nose. Well, I want to invite you to become to do that spiritually. And I want to invite you to make Christ your object of faith and God your Father right now. And God, by, his, by some miraculous means, He's made it as simple as saying a prayer. It's that simple to become a person who has the faith of God living in you. It's as easy as saying a prayer that I'm going to say with you right now. And then I want you to start claiming, if you have children... I want you to start claiming the promises of God over your children. I want you to start claiming God's promise. I want to talk more about that next week. I want you to start claiming the promises of God over your children and over their lives. Every time I would drop, I remember I did this for Jason, and I, I don't, don't remember if I did it with Christy, but I know I did it for Jason. When I drop him off, I'd say, don't forget who you are and whose you are when I would drop him off somewhere. And so then you start claiming that your childs are belong to God. They don't belong to you, they belong to God.